Hello and welcome to BAFTA Podcasts. I'm Shay Thompson and in this podcast I'm sitting down and chatting to BAFTA award-winning producer Des Gale about his work, giving back and his life in games. So what are some of your earliest gaming memories? So uh, I was really lucky when I was about eight years old, uh, I got a, uh, an original NES um, uh, for, for Christmas. And um, the, my favorite memory is uh, playing Tetris battles with my mum. Oh my so uh, I would like rack up a high score and then just leave it on uh, the monitor and like, <laughs> I'd have to get to school or something. And then um, I'd come back from school and then there'll be a new school on there, and my mum just be like, oh, hey, um, after you've done your homework, you might want to have a look at the TV screen. So, yeah, it was, it was awesome. There um, seems to be a recurring theme with parents, like, trying to break down their kids, like, through video games. <laughs> One day we'll need to have an earnest conversation about this. Like, but I know that's really nice that you were able to, like, kind of play games with your mum, and, you know, especially from such a little age. Like, yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's, it's the only one. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, like, since then... <laughs> No games, and then when I've made games on my own, like she doesn't even play them. So like, she's, yeah. <laughs> um, could you talk a little bit more about how you took that interest and then like turned it into this huge career? Uh, left primary school, obviously went to secondary school, and then at that point there was no there were no games courses. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when I was 15, 16, I still thought that games were made in Japan and they got okay. shipped over on a boat, and then I could buy them, and play them. <laughs> um, but uh, fortunately, uh, yeah, I when I was working uh, in, during my A-levels, um, I met a partner of someone who used to work for uh, at Lego. Mm. They're like, oh, we need some smart people. Like, oh, Des can spell his name. <laughs> Three letters, it's, it's good. Um, That's always a good start. <laughs> went for an interview uh, at Lego as a tester and yeah, literally started two days later. So your role, could you like define it and then like go into detail about what it actually entails? Wow, okay. So, so uh, yeah, I'm a producer and um, I guess outside of games, the easiest way to describe it would be uh, project manager. Yes. Um, but what I do is I just keep the game running on schedule and trying to keep the team as healthy as possible. Mm -hmm. So uh, making games is, is, is really easy, getting yeah. started. Like it's easier than it's ever been. Mm -hmm. Finishing games on the other hand, is like that takes real effort and skill. Yeah. Um, but there's a temptation to you know do overtime mm -hmm. and, and work extra hard. But I'm just like, hey, no. Let's plan it out properly, and you know, sure, we can we can do some overtime in controlled bursts. Yeah. But um, if it needs to take longer than that, then we need to rescope, and and by that we mean, um, you know, is the design good enough for the market? There's some features that we can maybe take out mm -hmm. um, and make the other features that stay uh, more polished and more fun. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, get to market by passing all the tests from Microsoft and Sony. Yeah. Um, a lot of talking, a lot of communication. Um, it's fun, I love it. It's just you get to see all the different bits of game development. Um, and it's, it's, it's really tough early on because you've just got lumps of code and boxes flying around a screen. I was going to say, it does sound like you have to wrangle so many different elements to like make them make sense, you know? Like, that's insane. It's great, yeah. And then I'd, I've learned so much over my career. Like, I mean, the, the biggest problem as a producer is like you don't actually produce anything. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, oh, what's that guy doing? It's like, well, yeah, I'm helping. Um, <laughs> But, uh, but if you're doing your job really well, like you, you are invisible, you, you know, you're just the, um, you're helping the cogs of the machine sort of uh, go perform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've worked on like a multitude of different titles, like um, Just Cause 3, uh, FIFA, and then you also like won a BAFTA for Life is Strange. Yeah, so uh, so Don't Lord, the development team yeah. out in Paris, um, 
So that before I started at Square, like you obviously had pitched the game, yeah. yeah, it's awesome, let's do it. Um, and then when I turned up, I was just like, this is amazing. Like, mm. uh, this is going to change narrative yeah. games. And um, I think when you love the games that you work on, like you, you put in a bit more effort, and that, yeah. that, that effort and passion shines through into the game. Yeah. Because we all loved it so much, we knew it had a good chance. Yeah. But then that's it. Like, you know, put it, put the application in, take a punt, and then yeah. But the only sad thing is you can only put three names on the back list. So uh, oh, yeah, yeah. my name wasn't one of them. Oh but, no! Uh, well, yeah. you want it in spirit. We yeah. all know. That's <laughs> we all know. Quite, quite rightly, uh, all the dev team got their, their names. Of course, on it, so. yeah. Um, so yeah, like you said, you've been in the games industry for a very, very long time. <coughs> yeah. um, <laughs> So a good call for backup. <laughs> um, obviously, with the good stuff, there has been some challenges. Like, what kind of challenges have you faced? And you know, yeah, how have you overcome them? The thing is, when you when you do anything for a long enough time, like yeah, you're right. Challenges happen, mm. and um, sometimes you're in a hard place in between uh, your publishing contract and just the tools. And by tools, I mean people you have available. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can't get out of that, but other times you can. And as a producer. Um, where I'm not also the company owner, yeah. I'm in that really horrible space in the middle. Yeah. So I'm just like, I need to keep the team happy, I obviously need to keep the management happy, and collectively we all need to keep the publisher happy. So, um, But there's points in that where there's no negotiation, right? Of You're course. just like, yeah, do your job, otherwise you don't like the alternative options. So you're mm. like, oh, okay. Um, mm. So for me, I kind of sort of like shoulder that burden as much as I can. I can't do the actual, you know, code, art, or design, or audio stuff. Mm -hmm. But what I can do is just get enough uh, blockers out of their way right. so they can do their job. So when in periods where we do have to crunch, I tell them, listen, like we don't have to crunch as a team. Yeah. Like if if your work is done, then, then don't stay with us. Go home, get some sleep, and rest because we need to keep you healthy doing your thing. And it's not about uh, not being a team player. Or you know, everyone on the team understands that. Yeah. You know. Our area of concern is here, which is fine, you're over there, no problem. And yeah, and when you're during that phase, like it's just all about being a leader and you know, keeping the team together and just kind of even within that, just having little periods of downtime, just trying to change the pace yeah. uh, to keep keep people keep people going. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the biggest thing. Uh, I guess so there was a period where um, the industry in the UK was a bit tough. There's yes. loads of uh, studios shutting down. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, I remember that. I've been redu maybe done it three times, but luckily I was in a position where I could leave the country and keep doing stuff. Yeah. Not if I was that fortunate. Of um, course, yeah. And as a producer as well, like we kind of like, it's really weird. <laughs> it, at big companies, producers tend to stay, right? Like, yeah. you know, they're essential and there's not much reason to move around if they've got enough career pr progression. But also, if you're shutting your studio down or making redundancies like after QA like producers the next one like yeah. you know you need coders you need artists of you course, need design. Yeah, producers yeah. you're like eh, if we <laughs> if we try really hard we can schedule properly I mean it never worked out that way but of course. when you're looking at numbers on the spreadsheet you're just like well that's a management level position yeah that salary goes we can keep these two artists and mm. actually ship the game yeah tough but you know, I'm still here. That's how it is. That, I think you're still here, which is the most important thing. Um, so you talked a little bit about crunch, um, and that's a big issue in our industry yeah. alongside like burnout as well. Yeah. You are, obviously, you are a champion producer, but you also are on the board for Pocket and Play. You also are on the board for GamesAid. Uh, you do so much, and then you're on the board for Yuki as well. Like, how do you maintain all of that without sort of getting burnt out? So, <laughs> short answer, 
it's just sheer force of will. Like, mm. I, there's so much work outside of actually building games that needs to be done yeah. to make video games um, an even more inclusive space. You know, I've been doing this 20 years now, and back when I first started, my dad was just like, you're doing video games. I'm like, yeah. When I, got, I was so excited when I got my job. Yeah. He didn't even look up from his newspaper when I told him. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, cool. But that perception with parents, even now, and some of my friends who are now parents, uh, video games isn't a legitimate thing. Oh, no. Right? No. Um, Trying to explain what I do to my mum, she's just like, yeah. sure, it pays your bills. I'm like, thanks, mum. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's a lot of work to be done to kind of change social norms and perceptions totally. around that. Yeah. And then actually day-to-day -day stuff, uh, I mean, my wife doesn't like this very much, but I, I kind of treat my life <laughs> as a project. So, um, you know, I've got time allocated for certain things. Yeah. And, um, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm, I am too busy, but uh, that just tends to be emails with people, um, you know, asking for help and stuff. Yeah. Like, I, I, I know I can't help everybody. But you do try, like I said, yeah. you're on the board for so many different things and all these, like, champion initiatives. Like The, the thing is, with Games Aid, that was just a real simple idea, yeah. right? Like, I mean, back when I joined, I was a bit healthier, so I could do physical things. Mm. I'm doing these things anyway, so let's yeah. just get donations for money and support them. Of course. And then, you know, as we grow into that, and then you know, just trustee, and then now the vice chair, like, it's, okay, we're in a good spot, but I know we can go further. Mm. Um, you know, we've raised over, over five million uh, pounds to date, yeah. uh, but in a single year, we haven't cracked a million yet. So that's the next target for yeah. me. Uh, I want to get a million in a year. And there's loads of places where we can do that. Um, with Pock and Play, uh, I mean, yes, it's super important. Um, yeah, because yeah, representation. Of different, yeah, yeah and the, the thing is, I think what a lot of people forget is look at where we are, right? Yeah. We, we are in a predominantly white country. Mm -hmm. And if you look at how old video games is, you know, 30 odd, 40 odd years, obviously, all of those people who started back then, mm -hmm. don't look like us. And obviously they've had long careers and they're in these management positions, right? Yeah. So whenever we have these discussions, like, oh, how do we change it? How do we fix it? Let's do it now. Like, well, no, no. this is going to take 10 years. Like, you know, going back to the education stuff, like we need to say, hey, this is a valid career. Um, this is what you can do. All of the wide spectrum of jobs you can have in video games. Totally. And then with the representation thing, um, it's just I have to be seen, right? Because... A ten-year-old looks at the industry and goes, oh, "Okay, maybe, maybe it's not for me." Like mm. they don't get told that one of these is not like the other. Like yeah. that is a genetic thing that we all learn. Like no one tells us that's not right. Like we, we just know. We're like, yeah. "Oh, okay, I'm, I'm just gonna stand over here where more people like me yeah. are. Yeah. It feels safe." We can't program that out. Like yeah. that is genes. But um, what we can do is we have, we have more people in. Uh, prominent positions and have like more a, speaking opportunities. A whole plethora of different positions yeah. as well. Like I think that's really important. Like seeing producers, presenters, programmers. Like I think that's really Absolutely. really helpful. Like you said, doing it from like a really young age as well. Could you talk to us about uh, the game you're working on? That is sort of like a rideshare simulator. Yeah, so Rooted, uh, it's, a, it's a mobile game where um, you are a taxi manager. Mm. So you start out with one car and uh, pick up a couple of passengers. And then uh, as long as you drop them off on their destinations mm -hmm. in time, uh, you earn points and you can use those points to get more cars. And the more cars you have, the faster you can earn money. Amazing. Um, and then you just go through that loop until you unlock new areas. Uh, yeah, it's a nice little game. Um, we're working on a bigger game. And um, I mean, go back to uh, my point about managing teams. We've been doing it for almost two years now. Mm -hmm. And we just needed uh, 
just a little poke to just rejig yeah. uh, the focus. And we just so we took uh, ten weeks to make uh, rooted, and um, it's been a nice palate cleanser. Yeah, and you can see it already. Like so, two weeks ago, when I mean, at the end of the game, it, it, it's up to me to like do my businessy stuff. But um, but yeah, the other team stuff. <laughs> that's, that's the official term. <laughs> Uh, but the team moved back onto the game and like they're just working so much faster and you know they've got a fresher mindset and we've already come up with um we've changed one of the features and it's amazing now i can't go into that but um <laughs> and if we didn't take that you know 10 weeks to yeah. to have a have a, a you know creativity break then it might not have happened uh, so you've had a plethora of roles um in like various different instances uh, do you have any advice for any like producers who are considering taking the leap to go freelance oh uh, cool okay so first off um you need a bit of time so i didn't do it until uh i was eight years in mm -hmm. uh in my production role um so you need to take contacts with you yeah because those friends and ex-colleagues, yep. they're going to give you your first couple of gigs. Of course. And obviously they've worked with you before, so they know your ability and, and your quality. That's fine. But then um, I'm a big proponent of giving back and I like helping. And one major bit of advice is uh, always help and don't expect anything back. Right? Do, you know, 100%. that is the initial thing. So when a lot of people come to me, like, oh, I'm having a problem with this, I'm having a problem with that. As long as it's not like more than half a day, like you know, I'll yeah. sit there and have a quick chat and um, you know look at their schedules and be like, well, there's not enough time here, mm. there's too much time here, and then that's fine. Like I can do three or four hours and yeah. that's that's good, and then that can be repaid back in a couple of weeks, couple of months, or hopefully not years, years but you, 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 you never know. Um, and then you, when you're freelancing, you have to be super organised, uh, and I think, especially on the subject of crunch, like it's very easy to feel guilty about not working hard yeah. enough. Um, so as long as you can control, you, you can discipline yourself well enough. Um, and also for me, because I work from home, yeah. um, I need to be super strict about home mode and work mode. Yes. Um, luckily, uh, I'm the primary caregiver for the kids, so okay. I have to take them to nursery first and then come back to work. So I've right. got that that break. Okay, like yeah. I actually leave the house and come back. Yeah. And also, I can come back in through my office door. So it's nice. I've got like that commute. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that commute's like 10 steps. No. Yeah. It, sure it's, it, it, it's good for the yeah. mindset. And then, yeah, just be disciplined with your time. So the temptation is to take on too many clients. Yeah. Like, what you don't want to do is you don't want to have like five one day a week clients. Of course. Because um, how you make games, like you don't have a problem on a particular day, and that just won't wash. It's like, oh, sorry, Dave, you're on Thursday, it's Monday today, so I can't help you. Um, <laughs> and then I think it's all about uh, you have to do marketing as well. Um, and when you're doing that, when you're giving talks, like don't be too pres prescriptive. What you want to do is be slightly um, story and anecdotal focused, yeah. so that you can be like, right, you should do this because when I did it on these two games, it worked. Mm -hmm. Definitely don't go down that road, that's a dark road, and like this project failed, or we got this project over the line, but it was like, it was pain. It was like, there, yeah. Yeah, there were sacrifices made. <laughs> My biggest advice is just be razor sharp on what type of producer you are, mm -hmm. um, because different projects have different needs. Like you just be the data person, okay. uh, who just focuses on numbers. You could be the creative producer who has more like gameplay input. Yeah. Um, you could be the coach, which is looking after the team, but I, I think that coach role needs to be applied across all different types of producers because, you know, happy people make Good happy games. teams yeah, and yeah. Yeah, happy teams make better games. No, uh, genuinely, thank you so much for coming in to chat to us. Thanks for having okay. me. No, it's been great. <laughs> 
thanks for joining us. And remember, you can listen to previous BAFTA sessions and podcasts at guru.bafta.org. Many thanks to my guest, Des Gale, and thanks to you for listening.